0: In this week's episode, I suppose it was a mixture of a high blood sugar and and the alcohol where I fell asleep and then woke up to them (laughs) saying that my lips were blue, you know, so I was like, whoa, that is a bit of a wake-up call. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone Podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Insolone podcast with myself, Owen. As you know, I am uh, slightly out of breath because two seconds ago I was in my room upstairs, which is like the attic of my house. That's where I usually work. That's where I usually record the podcast. And just as we were starting, a neighbor was cutting tiles and it was just like the whole way through. So I've run downstairs into, the, into this small box room in my house. So I uh, need to get used to this, settle it in. So hope you had a good week. And I'm back with my dear, dear friend, Mr. Graham O'Toole.
1: It's good to be back in the hot seat. Happy to be back. Now, we initially thought he was cutting hedges or the grass in the back garden, but you looked out the window and we found out he was cutting tiles, doing a little bit of refurbishment maybe in his house next door. Um, I was off last week, of course, because Jesse Levine was sitting in. Great podcast yet again, another great guest. And I love how he's so honest about his diagnosis and how he said, yeah, sometimes having diabetes is shit. And then I found it so insightful when he was saying how his doctor told him that, you're your own doctor now. And when you think about it, that's basically what all your diabetics are. You have to basically look after yourselves like a doctor would look after you.
0: Yeah, I think it's great. It was great that he kind of articulated that because that's something that you really, really need to take that sort of responsibility on when you're diagnosed, you know, because the reality of it is you will see your doctor three months, six months, year, however many times, however infrequent it may be. So being able to take that responsibility of like, yeah, this is me 24, 24 hours a day. I have to look after it. So that's what I always liked about Jesse. He's very honest with his uh, with his management and he, he really knows what he's talking about in terms of diabetes. So I was delighted to get him on.
1: This week's episode is a big one. You can tell by the title. But before we get into that one, I want to know... Because the last time we spoke was about two weeks ago and we recorded the podcast and you were running out because you were to collect your Dexcom, your CGM. How has the last
0: two weeks been? Has it been life-changing? Well, I have to say, because we hadn't spoken that much, I really missed you, Graham. so it's good, it's good to talk to you again. <laughs> uh, no, the last last two weeks has been insane, to be honest, in such a pleasant way because eight, nine solid years of pricking my finger five to 10 times a day to now not pricking my finger at all was, yeah, it was I like a pleasant time. It was so nice, you know, I'm starting to get the feeling back of my fingers. When I touch things, I can actually have a sensation from the tops of my fingers. So yeah, it's really nice. And it's cool to be able to see your blood sugar on a consistent basis and to view it as a graph, you know, even when you're asleep. So it's serious, serious game changer, and I'm hugely thankful to have one on my stomach right now. And has it made your management easier? Yes, one hundred percent. Now nothing has changed with like how I eat and how I train and how I manage my diabetes, but just having the ability or the opp- like having the opportunity to even see it as a live graph is just—it's unusual, but it's it's uh a massive massive advantage and you can learn then to pre-bolus your insulin like take your insulin you know 5 10 15 minutes even before you eat so you can time when a certain food will spike your blood sugar so that you can keep it at a consistent level throughout the whole way i I'm here checking my blood sugar every five minutes these past two weeks so it's great I've been really looking
1: forward to this episode because when we actually first began, like even talking about setting up this podcast, it was one of the subjects that we were wondering when was the best time to approach it? And we wanted to discuss it a couple of months ago, but then lockdown happened around the world and people weren't really going out and socialising as much. And I think now as the world slowly starts to reopen, we were discussing over the weekend that maybe now is the time to discuss alcohol and diabetes and their relationship with each other. Where do you even want to begin with this one? Because you were saying that this is a question you get asked all the time.
0: Yeah, this is this is an episode I've been looking forward to because, you know, that question of can I drink alcohol with diabetes? I get asked so many times and it was probably the first thing that I thought of when I was diagnosed. You know, I was 19, as I said, around Christmas time, you're going to bars, you're seeing friends, you're going to parties. And it was almost like the first concern I had was, can I? Can I or can I not drink alcohol? So this is definitely an episode I've been looking forward to. I'm looking forward to clearing the air with some of the misconceptions, reassuring people that yes, you can drink alcohol, but like most other things with diabetes, you just need to prepare and manage it as you go. So I was I was slightly unsure how to start, but I think we're steadily getting stuck into it here.
1: Yeah, so the first question that we have here on the sheet is, can diabetics drink alcohol? You said, yes, they can. But obviously, like everything else, you probably have to do a lot more preparation for, you know, your night out and you have to maybe think in advance. So for you, what would your usual night out routine look like?
0: Yeah, so like most things, obviously you can't physically drink alcohol, but you just need to take all the necessary precautions, make sure you don't go overboard and just ensure that you are you are in control the whole time so for me i drink a lot i drink it's not that i used to drink loads but i drink less than i used to so before a night out if i knew i was you know going to bars or going to parties or clubs or whatever it was you do have to prepare now alcohol can be similar to coffee in the way that it can spike your blood sugar or it can drop your blood sugar basically Depending on what you drink and how much you drink, you'll either see a spike or a drop. So what I used to do whenever I was putting on the shoes, putting on the jeans, the shirt, getting ready for a night out, and I knew I was going to be having a few drinks, I would plan ahead and always, always make sure I have hypo treatment. So for a low blood sugar and my insulin, they're obviously the two most important things. Blood checker, also important, but what I would do before I even had my first drink was I kind of discovered over time that when I did go out to drink and I had a few drinks, my blood sugar would rise. But then as the night would progress, I would see my blood sugar come back down and it would come back down pretty fast and pretty hard. So what I used to do was when I had my dinner, also another thing, definitely, definitely, definitely do not drink on an empty stomach be sure you have a good amount of food in you. Would there be any time period
1: between what you would have your dinner before you start drinking for you specifically? Would you say, right, I want to have a, my dinner and then leave it for an hour or would you just get your dinner in and then go for
0: it? I'd usually like to wait an hour and a half or two hours, definitely. So that kind of gives my blood sugar an opportunity to maybe settle. I have a good idea about you know where my levels are before I start drinking. So because I said that my blood's would likely drop as the night would go on. What I used to do was for my dinner beforehand, I would take two units less of insulin. So I would see my blood sugar spike, but because I took two units less, that would kind of naturally keep things level. Now, again, that is just for me personally. That does not work for everybody, and it's not what I would recommend. But again, like I've said plenty of times before, It's part of kind of living consciously and anticipating your blood sugar, expecting what's going to happen, look ahead and kind of plan in advance. So fill my pockets full of supplies and take two units less of insulin was always my kind of starting point from a night out. What would you bring to treat a hypo? What would be your snack of choice? I would always have glucose tablets. So, okay. Back in the day before Lucasaid changed their recipe, <laughs> it used to be filled with sugar. So you'd take a few sips of that and it would bring you up. But obviously, if I'm going on a night out, I'm not going to bring a full bottle of Lucasaid. So glucose tablets is always what I took. It's still what I use today. Just slip them in your jeans pocket and they are perfect. Three, four or five of them will bring you up no problem. Okay, so we're starting to
1: understand your preparation for going on the night out. But what concerns would you have for the actual
0: night out. When I think of alcohol and diabetes, the three the three main concerns or the three factors that would come to my head would always be, number one, how alcohol will physically affect my blood sugar. So how, you know, drinking beer or wine or spirits will either bring my blood sugar up or bring it down. So the physical impact alcohol will have on your blood sugar. Number two would be The more you drink, the more likely it is that you'll lose your inhibitions. It may impact or affect your judgment. You know, you may make decisions that you wouldn't necessarily make on a day to day in terms of the food you'll eat or how much you'll drink or what you might do that night. And then number three would be the kind of the social aspect of alcohol, because when you're drinking, you are likely out with friends or in a bar or in a club. And because of that, depending on your relationship with your diabetes and kind of how confident you are with it or or how much you like to show it off, there's a lot of people that they are quite shy with their diabetes. Not everybody will want their friends to be as aware of it as I am. So I think that social aspect of it can play a part in terms of You know, you may neglect your management of diabetes when you're out. You may be less inclined to take as good care of it as you usually do because you are in that social environment. You're you may be more conscious of, you know, I don't really want to whip out my insulin here and inject in front of my friends. I don't really want to check my blood sugar in front of this girl. I may not want to have to worry about this because I'm out with friends. I want to relax, I want to have a good time. And it's those times where you need to really manage it because they're the times where something bad could happen. I
1: remember you saying something along those lines in the episode we did on hypoanxiety where I was asking you were you anxious about going to the festival that we went to in Malta a few years back and you basically made the point that diabetes doesn't care if you're in Malta at a festival you still have to manage it properly throughout. You can't just take a holiday from your diabetes. It's always there. So I presume it's the same on a night out. It doesn't matter if you're going out on the tear with your mates and having six, seven, eight, nine, ten points, pints and then, oh, it's okay. The diabetes look after itself. It won't. So I suppose you have to be super, super aware and even more conscious that you don't lose the run of yourself. And has there ever been a, an occasion in your life where maybe I know you're very good looking after yourself and your management, but has there ever been a case where you maybe did lose the run
0: yourself? <laughs> I'm, just having, I'm just having all these flashbacks <laughs> of some of the nights out we've had. <laughs> but anyway, look, I am somebody who really enjoys to go out. And I have done over the years. I really enjoy having a few drinks and I love socializing. <laughs> it's, it's a big part of my life, but... As we said, it is those times where, you know, you're catching up with friends or you're having a few drinks where you don't want to worry about diabetes. You're like, oh, will you just give me a break. Give me a break. Like when we went to Malta, it doesn't care. Diabetes does not care. And to answer your question, I i don't think I've even told anybody about this story, but and particularly now, because I know my, my parents listen to the podcast. But anyway. It's important that I get it out there because I suppose I want to share my my experiences as somebody now and somebody who has always had very good control. I pride myself in that. But just because you have great control does not mean that things will go wrong every now and then. That's the reality of diabetes. You can be a master of your diabetes, but you can get slapped in the face with, with the reality of it every now and then. So it was, I it would have been very recently, like very, not recently now, but it, I think it was shortly after I, I was diagnosed where I was out with, I think my brother, my brother and my cousin, and we had a few too many drinks and I came home and I I went up to my dog and I was petting my dog, my old dog. And you, you're obviously more affectionate towards your dog when when you're having a few drinks, but Whatever happened, I think I fell asleep when I was petting her and I was playing with her and I woke up to my brother and my cousin kind of like shaking me, wake me up. be like, oh, no, no, wake up, wake up. And I thought nothing of it. And then they told me that I was on the floor and my lips were like blue. And I think that that was probably the only incident where I was like, oh, shit. You cannot afford to leave your diabetes on the back burner because these things can happen like the flick of a switch. Even if you take one unit of insulin too much or or not enough, potentially it can be very dangerous. So what
1: would have happened for that to have happened? Was it the fact that you didn't you just passed out and you weren't aware going to bed that you didn't check your levels or was
0: it you had you went too high or too low? What was the reason for that? I think it was because I had gone too high. So I think we were obviously out for a few drinks and, you know, your judgment may, may go out the window in terms of, oh, I need to check my blood sugar this frequently or I feel like my blood sugar is high. I suppose I didn't check it as I should have and then presumably we had got food on the way home and then over that space of time my blood sugar just kind of consistently rose and I suppose it was a mixture of a high blood sugar and, and the alcohol where I fell asleep and then woke up to them <laughs> saying that my lips were blue, you know, so I was like, whoa, that is a bit of a wake-up call. But I think that's a perfect example of When you do drink alcohol, you become desensitized to the feelings of highs or lows. So obviously at that time, my blood sugar was very, 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 very high. And I kind of got away with it. But the other side of that too is when you drink alcohol, your blood sugar can plummet. So I would have maybe expected my blood sugar to drop because that's what it had done in the past. But I think it's that added danger when your blood sugar drops because what happens when, you, when you've when you low blood sugar is your liver will hopefully naturally release glucose back into your bloodstream to naturally bring your, your blood sugar back up. But when you drink alcohol, the alcohol almost kind of stands in the way of your liver doing that effectively. So even if you do have a low blood sugar and you may potentially not even notice that you have a low blood sugar, when you do realize your liver cannot do that effectively because of the alcohol in your system, and my phone just vibrated that my blood sugar is now on the way down. Perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> perfect. It, was, it, it must have known that I was talking about low blood sugars. Do you need to? My blood. My that? glucose tablets are upstairs in the attic. So go Sean, Go g- get. Give them. me two seconds. Yeah, we'll break. Yeah.
1: We're back. (laughs) We're back. Get them glucose tablets into you. You're saying there how the alcohol will essentially stop the liver from working efficiently. Does different types of alcohol have a
0: different effect on your blood sugars? It's not that the alcohol itself will have huge effects, apart from potentially impacting how much your blood sugar can rise back up but it's it's the stuff that's mixed with the alcohol so for example different types of alcohol like beer and wine may have a different effect to a straight spirit if you drink beer there's a lot of sugar a lot of carbohydrate in beer so that will likely cause your blood sugar to rise whereas If you just drink a straight liquor, you may not see that spike. When I was in New York, my favorite drink to drink is like a Mezcal tequila. I love that. And I just drink it straight. So that doesn't really impact my blood sugar at all. Whereas if I was to mix that Mezcal tequila with Coke or another sugary drink, it's kind of the sugary drink that will affect your blood sugar. So I suppose... A big part of managing your diabetes when you're out is being able to make make better choices, I suppose, with regard to the drinks that you're drinking. You don't want to go out and you don't want to have like Jaeger bombs where you're knocking back Red Bull, where they're full of sugar, or Vodka Cokes, where you know there's loads and loads and loads of sugar. I appreciate and understand that people have certain drinks that they like, but if you are diabetic, you you do need to drink certain drinks that aren't going to have massive, massive impacts on your blood sugar. But I suppose even if you do make good choices, like drinking a spirit and say a sugar free drink, you can still even go wrong. Not as a result of your own choices. And I remember, I think I was in Dublin where I was out one night and got like, I don't know, a vodka sugar-free Coke. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I specifically asked for a sugar-free drink because I'm diabetic, so I don't want all the sugar. Bartender was very busy, whipped up this drink, and I tasted it, and I knew that it wasn't sugar-free because you know the taste between a sugary and a a drink that's sugar-free. So I was like, there's no way that's sugar-free. So before I kind of knocked it back, I actually got my blood monitor and checked the drink as if it was my blood, as if I was like checking my blood. So you can do that. You can actually get a test strip and check the sugar content as if you were checking your blood. And so when I checked it, it was just said high or something. So I knew, I knew that it wasn't sugar-free. So I suppose even even when you're out at a bar, you need to be particularly careful to... To, oh, There's my my thing Going off again My Dexcom yeah. there Telling me my blood sugar's low Still low? Well It's like a five minute delay Okay So I'll have to go back up But there's another glucose tablet hmm.
1: How do you know how many glucose tablets to take To bring it back up? Do you just kind of have an idea One will bring me up
0: so much And another one will just kind of Bring it back to normal Yeah it will depend on The severity of the low Like how low you are And it would also depend on each person. So for me, if I drop down to like 3.5 or 3, if I have four or five glucose tablets, that would bring me up perfectly to where I'll be happy. And I I arrange like a number where I'll be happy to go about my day. So it may, may take 10, 15 minutes to come back up, but... You know, you, you don't want to be eating a full packet of them because then it'll, it'll go the opposite way and you'll you'll see your blood sugar spike. So back to the alcohol,
1: we kind of have an idea of the the drinks and the different effects they have on you. Stay away from sugary drinks is basically what you're saying. And we were talking about just nights out in general, but what about holidays? Uh, I know you were a couple of years ago, not a couple of years ago, a good few years ago, you went to Santa Ponza, uh on a week's holiday. And the people... Very popular in Ireland, going on a leave holiday, it's called, I presume, over in America. You have spring break in the UK. You've got holiday after your A-levels. People go to Spain, Santa Panza, Magaluf. Where else would they go? Ibiza. What is that like? You went to Santa Panza for, what was it, a week? Was that big preparation? Because you do know going over there, you're not going over there to see the sights. You're going over there to basically drink every single day and have a good time with your friends. So that must be maybe a little bit
0: intimidating for someone with diabetes for me that trip was the summer after i i was diagnosed so i was diagnosed like very early january and then that trip was the summertime so that was kind of like my first test of how to manage things when you're abroad <laughs> you i suppose with with that sort of trip you're thrown into the deep end of late nights drinking going to clubs going to parties whatever it is so I suppose it was a good test and yeah I was I was kind of nervous going on that trip I had lived with diabetes for for you know maybe five six seven months leading up to that so I knew what it involved I knew the extent of a normal day with diabetes so the idea of going away with four or five of the lads to this sort of holiday I was kind of like oh, Jesus, you know, what's what's going to happen on this one, you know? <laughs> but I was at that age where I still had a good head on my shoulder, so I knew that I couldn't just kind of go off and completely forget about diabetes. So I did manage it, and, and the lads that I went on the trip with were conscious of it, and they knew that, you know, I, I had to take care of this. But obviously, I suppose getting back to my second point of the three with alcohol is like, once you have a few drinks, a lot of that can go out the window, you know? So once you're on your holidays and everyone's having a few drinks and people are loosened up a bit, it's difficult to make those important decisions of, right, I need to take a break here. I need to check my blood sugar. I need to take my insulin. I need to make sure everything is okay before I could potentially go overboard here. So yeah, there was a few late nights on on that trip, definitely for sure. But I think just being prepared before you go out is such a big part of it because you can't rush, you can't rush out the door and not have your insulin, not have your glucose tablets and not be aware of the fact that potentially my blood sugar could spike and then plummet in the space of 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour. So being aware of that prior to even going out is is such a big part of it.
1: I presume alcohol, the more you drink, the more desensitized you come to the feeling of a high and a low. And that can be very dangerous as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. You know, you can have a drink and it may not affect you, but you can have four drinks, five drinks, six drinks, and you become tipsy or you have the sensation of being drunk we we all know what it feels like it's it's a different feeling to being sober so when that happens it's more likely that you won't feel yourself going low you won't feel yourself going high it is potentially dangerous and if you're not clued into it constantly you can slip into a dangerous hypo relatively easily so i suppose Just constantly being conscious of that is very important. And it's vital that you don't just go out and start drinking and you're like, ah, whatever. I don't care about about my diabetes. I'm going to go out and start drinking. You can't do that. Like, you cannot do that. Trust me. If you're listening to this podcast, trust me. I have had... (laughs) some unbelievable nights out and even then I was able to manage it you can't neglect it you have to always look after it I
1: have a couple more practical questions about actually drinking, drinking and nights out in general one is would you recommend sticking to the same drink for the whole night because you know people I know myself if I'm going on a big night out I'll start drinking pints and then I'll get to a stage where I'm like, okay, let's go up the ante now, let's start drinking shorts, and I'll start mixing vodka and 7-Up. I presume you can
0: do that, but what would you recommend? I would definitely recommend not mixing drinks. Pick one that you like, stick to it. That will be easier for you to, to keep blood steady because if you're drinking pints and you're like, okay, this is going to affect my blood sugar in this way, I know how to counteract that with insulin or I know how that's going to affect my body whereas if you start drinking 3 4 pints and then you're like all right come on let's let's go start do let's go start doing shots you take a few shots vodka red balls or Jager bombs or whatever you'd be doing and then back to the pints you get lost in how this alcohol is going to affect me how these drinks are going to affect me so yeah 100% I would recommend picking one that you like sticking to it and then because of that you'll be able to prepare in advance for another night out because you'll know okay i went out last week i stuck to beer i knew that this many beers affected me in this way so therefore i have a good idea of how i will react tonight
1: one of my favorite parts of the night out on is When the night is over and I go in to get a big, dirty burger or pizza and I'll sit in there slouched over myself with curry (laughs) sauce all over my face. (laughs) What is the story with you? Do you try and avoid that because you're at the end of the night and you've probably, your blood sugars have taken a bastion already with the alcohol. Is it best to avoid that or what would you recommend in that sense? It depends on
0: the person, to be honest and it depends on your overall diabetes management i wouldn't even recommend anybody drinks alcohol if they don't have good management of their diabetes because if you don't if you can't manage it when you're sober it's going to be a nightmare trying to manage it when you're drunk but strangely enough when i like if, i suppose the few years after i was diagnosed i saw a pattern with my blood sugar where i would go out I would see a little spike and then I knew that it was going to come back down and I knew that it was going to drop the next morning. So I used to go out for the night, like yourself, get to the chipper, get to the Chinese, whatever, whatever, whatever it is you're going. And I used to, let's say, I don't know, a bag of chips, I used to get, or fries, I used to get a bag of fries. I would eat the fries without taking any insulin go to bed, wake up the next day, my blood sugar w- would be perfect. So weird. But I, I knew I could do that because it was like trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. I saw that my bloods would slightly spike and then would just plummet and continue to plummet. So I knew that I I could get away with eating these these fries and they'd kind of keep me steady throughout the night. Now today... If I went and tried to do the same thing, my blood sugar would it would probably crack my screen. My blood sugar would be so high. So I suppose your body can just adapt to certain actions or certain habits, let's say. Well, not habits, but you know. But overall, I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend, if you're hungry, getting food that isn't going to have a hugely negative impact on your blood sugar like if you go and have a few drinks and then you knock back a massive pizza it's probably not going to be do good things for your for your blood sugar of course the alcohol may slightly alter the effect of the pizza but overall it could give you that roller coaster blood sugar so i wouldn't recommend it Long answer, (laughs) long answer, but I I wouldn't recommend it.
1: Okay, final question on alcohol. You said at the start of the podcast that when you were first diagnosed at 19, you're obviously just within a year started drinking in Ireland. And one of your first thoughts were, will I be able to go on a night out? Will I be able to have alcohol? Will I be able to socialize? What advice would Owen today give to 19-year-old Owen who has just been diagnosed and is really worried that his social life might come crashing down?
0: Well, the first thing I'd say is drink responsibly. <laughs> drink responsibly.
1: Don't uh, make mistakes. I make- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> no, look, I would reassure my 19-year-old self that yes, of course you can drink alcohol. Diabetes doesn't stop you from doing anything. Drinking alcohol is one of them. Again, I would say drink responsibly the top tips, I guess, for going out and drinking would be drink responsible, drink only with another person. I wouldn't ever recommend drinking by yourself, as we had just spoken about, can be potentially very dangerous. So it's always very important that you have somebody else there with you. Avoid overly sugary drinks. You know, don't be going knocking back Jaeger bombs. Definitely get yourself a medical band. That's a very, very, very important piece of advice. Get yourself a medical necklace or bracelet to go around your neck or your wrist that says Owen Costello, type 1 diabetic, and an emergency number. Very important. You don't know why or when you'll need one. And number one, monitor your blood sugar more regularly because, as we said, can desensitize the feelings of highs and lows, and it is vitally important that you check your blood sugar more than you usually would because you don't know if you're high, you don't know if you're low. And the final piece of advice, do everything that you already did <laughs> and, and, enjoy, <laughs> and enjoy those nights out. <laughs> There's some good times
1: ahead. Wait till wait till next year till you meet your friend Graham. Yeah, wait till when you're on. 20. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. No, look, it's alcohol is one of those things that, It's more complicated with diabetes, but it's absolutely 100% not something that you need to give up completely. Enjoy your drinks, drink responsibly, have a damn good time. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: think that we were going to answer an email, but this has gone on a little bit longer than we were anticipating. So will we leave the email because a lot of information already in this week's episode. What do you think?
0: Yeah, let's do, we'll do a couple more emails tomorrow. Or tomorrow yeah next week so if you haven't emailed in yet i would definitely recommend that you do if you have any questions thoughts worries concerns email them into me and graham and we'll happily address them over the podcast and as always really really appreciate you listening rate comment subscribe all that good stuff and let's spread the diabetic gospel you, uh, make sure to get the email address oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's important the email address <laughs> is theinsalonepodcast at gmail.com and don't forget to tag us in Instagram stories love those big fan of them so yeah thanks again really appreciate it let's get Chris. the word out there absolutely Owen chat to you next week Graham it's a pleasure as always take it easy